MSBC here, and thank you for tuning into our show. The last iteration of MSBC Replay took you back through all that MSBC 2020 had to offer, but for round two, we're going to go back just a little bit further. This upcoming conference is the 10th anniversary of our founding, and because of that, we want to recap and reminisce on some of the most amazing speakers from the past nine years. So, each week, we'll bring you an in-depth interview from a speaker at each conference, starting at MSBC One and working all the way up to today, learning about how the industry has grown and how they have personally evolved since we last heard from them. With that, I'll kick it over to Aaron, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MSBC podcast. Today, I'm joined by Larry Miller, the chairman of the Jordan Brand Advisory Board. Welcome, Larry. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Um, So just to kick things off, um, how have you seen the sport industry grow since you spoke at our conference in 2016? Well, I think, um, you know, when you think about what's going on with the sports industry, you also have to factor in the whole COVID situation that's happened over the last couple of years and how that's impacted sports. But I think, um, you know, we're in the process of coming back from that. It's great to see uh, live sports happening again and people being able to attend sports uh, events. I um, I actually went to uh, the Knicks' first playoff games, uh, and, and it, was, it was a great experience. It was fun being there in the crowd. A little nervous because of COVID, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, the section I was in was you had to be fully vaccinated to be in that section. And so it, it, was, it was interesting and it was kind of fun being there. Um, but I, I think you have to factor in the impact that that's had on sports. But I, I believe that uh, sports has come back in a, in a big, big way. Um, I know for, for Nike um, and for the Jordan brand, um, our business has continued to grow significantly in spite of everything that's gone on. Um, so I think sports are, are, are still in, in, uh, in, a, in, in great shape. I think um, the demand is still there for people wanting to attend events and participate in sports. Um, product is continuing to sell well. Sports-related product is continuing to sell well. So I think overall, um, the sports industry is pretty healthy in spite of uh, all the things that have happened. You know, we're, we're all dealing with um, production issues and things like that right now. But I think overall, um, the industry is healthy and it's going to continue to get healthier as we continue to recover from, uh, you know, from the whole COVID experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think it says a lot about the role sports play in our world, how, how everything's adjusted and also kind of just been booming. So, um, so for those who don't know, Larry's played a fundamental role in Nike's creation of the Jordan brand. Uh, Michigan School is Jordan School, so we're happy to have you. <laughs> um, what was it about Michael at the time that really caught your eye in thinking that this guy was the one you could build a whole brand line around? Why do you think that to this day, as big as some of the athletes have become, no other athlete has been able to replicate what you and Michael did with the Jordan brand? Well, I, I just think that, um, and what I, the way I explain it to people is like the stars just aligned, right? I mean, MJ was the right guy at the right time. The Bulls was absolutely the right team for him to be on. Nike was the right company for him to connect with. And it just all kind of came together in a, in a really special way that I don't know if it'll ever happen like that again. I think, um, 
you know, what Michael represented on the basketball court, as well as off the basketball court, really connected with people in, uh, in amazing ways. I mean, my, my mother, who was not a big basketball fan, loves some Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think uh, it, it was just this, like I said, the stars just aligned. And I think, um, you know, we, we believed that we could create something beyond just the logo on a shoe and Michael wearing that shoe uh, when, when he was about to retire from the Bulls uh, for the last time, there was a lot of co conversation around, um, you know, is this the end? Have we, you know, it was a good run, but I think there were, there were a number of us around, um, around Nike who thought that there was life beyond Michael's playing days for the, for the uh, Jordan, for Jordan. And, and we uh, agreed and believed that we could build a brand and, um, so Phil Knight asked me and, uh, and, and him and MJ asked me to put a team together and strategies together and, uh, on how we were going to, how we were going to, you know, take this logo that Michael wore and build a brand. And then the other part of it that was really interesting is that um, he wasn't going to be playing now. <laughs> so people were like, the formula that we had uh, was, you know, Tinker designs this cool shoe. Um, MJ wears it in 82 games. We cool do some advertising or marketing with spike lee or bugs bunny or somebody and you know it, it all kind of comes together well now we're taking a big piece of the formula out by michael not playing in game so a lot of people just thought hey it was a nice run but it's over but but i think like i said there was a group of us including you know phil knight and mj and a number of other people who believed that there was life after michael's playing days and so we uh we were able to you know, put something together that worked. I mean, when we were talking about doing this, uh, the business was probably $140, $150 million. And um, this year is going to be close to $5 billion. So um, I think we, I think we did something pretty right, but, um, but yeah, it was just, it was just, you know, like I said, I think Michael was the right player. And then I think we came around, came along and, and together as a team, we put together the, the right strategies to take advantage of, um, you know, of what Michael had created and done on the basketball court as well as off the basketball court. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we're all glad that it didn't come to an end when he retired and it's definitely boomed and blossomed and have, have so much culture around it to, to this day. Um, and, you know, one of, one of the things I will, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Michigan, Michigan being uh, a, <laughs> You know, Michigan being our first college football team was really a big deal for us because um, before that we had been trying to figure out how to get on the football field because we the whole idea was to expand our brand behind just basketball and we had done that and we'd had, uh, you know, some football players who were wearing our product, uh, Randy Moss early on and some others, but we always had it was a challenge for us to get representation on the football field and the relationship with with Michigan was was huge for us and um, it opened up the door because as you know now we've got other college teams but we also you know our product is showing up on the NFL field and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know we were able to open the door to football with Michigan and then the other colleges that followed but um, and and you know uh, it, it, Coach Harbaugh and team have been amazing to work with um, Jawan is just like, he's part of the family. He's been a part of the Jordan family for forever. Um, so it's just, it's a natural connection. It almost felt like to, to, uh, 
you know, to connect with Michigan. And, um, and like I said, it was, it was a big deal for us because it really did open the door for us to have much more representation and presence on the football field. Yeah, no, we, we definitely love it over here for sure. <laughs> um, an age old question for students like us and our audience aspiring to work in sports is should we start our career in the sport industry and go from there? Or do we start outside the industry, learn a skill, and then attempt to bring that back into sports? And having begun your career at an accounting firm, then working for the likes of Philadelphia newspapers and craft sports, craft, excuse me, um, before ultimately moving into sports, I'm curious, how do you feel those previous experiences impacted your time in sports? Well, I think, um, you know, you, it, it, you can go either way. You can, mm -hmm. you can. Uh, you know, be focused on, hey, I want to work in sports and that's your focus and you would do everything to accomplish that. Um, and then I think the other way is like the way I chose, I, I figured I'm going to pick a, a, a field that I'm going to be in, which was accounting, and then see where that, that takes me. And it actually brought me to uh, sports. But, but again, I, I think it, it can go either way. I do think that... Um, you know, if I had been, if I had known that I wanted to do sports or be in the sports world, um, I might have done some things a little bit differently. But I always was a sports fan. I played sports. I enjoyed sports and was always into it. So it, it's almost like um, being able to work in the sports industry was like, um, like fun. I mean, to me, I remember my first one of my first meetings at Nike, it was a Monday morning and come in and the first 15 minutes of the meeting was us talking about what had happened over the weekend in sports, but it was relevant to the business. It's not like, you know, we were just kind of BSing around and talking. It was like, wow, did you see our player so-and-so did this or that, you know, so it was, it, it was an opportunity to talk sports and engage in sports but from a business perspective and to do it and it'd be relevant to our business. And so that, that, that really just appealed to me. And I think, um, like I said, I didn't set out to work in sports, but when the opportunity came along, I was like, this is, this is perfect because now I can, I can marry something that I'm passionate about, which is sports with my livelihood and can help to build a business that is focused around sports. So, um, so yeah, like I said, I, I would say, you know, you could do it either way. If you, if you're passionate about a specific, if you're a designer or, you know, you're an engineer or you're an accountant or you're a marketer, you can develop that skill and then translate that skill to sports. Because I really believe that with most businesses, they're fundamental things that apply to the business, right? There's fundamentals in every business. And if you learn those fundamentals and you're, you're, you understand those fundamentals, then it's a matter of um, learning the nuances of the industry that you happen to be in. But I, I think if you, if you're, if you're in accounting, if you're in marketing, if you're in whatever, if you are solid with the basis, the basics of that particular area, then I think you can apply it to any industry. Gotcha. So working in sports wasn't always a plan for you, but do you think that there was a particular skill or perspective that you brought? from that accounting background or was it just like the fundamentals like you said well i think i think actually uh, again understanding the fundamental fundamentals and how they apply to 
the sports business or to the business that I, that I was in. Cause I, I worked in other industries as well. I worked in the newspaper. industry, I worked in food industry. I worked in apparel uh, for swimwear and uh, company. So I, I had a pretty broad um, perspective of a lot of different industries, but then to me, I was able to bring a lot of that perspective and apply it to the sports industry. And I think, you know, again, whatever industry you happen to be working in, if you can, you know, apply things that you've learned before, experiences that you've had before to that industry. I think that that absolutely works. And so for me, um, yeah, I was able to apply my accounting skills because I think one of the things people don't don't realize is that there are all kinds of jobs in the sports industry. You can be whatever industry you want to be in. You can figure out how to apply that to the sports industry because everything that happens in every other business happens in the sports industry. It's just the nuances are different and you're dealing with players and you're dealing with other things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you can, you can apply whatever skills you have to that. And yeah, I think people don't understand how many jobs exist within the sports industry. Like if you want to be in the sports industry, there are tons of jobs that exist there, whether it's for teams or leagues or companies like Nike or, you know, working with individual players. So no matter what what your skill set is, um, if you want to uh, want to work in the sports industry, you can figure out a way to apply that skill set to to the sports industry. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And a, one thing our professors say all the time is that a lot of the jobs that we'll have down the line are even they haven't been created or exist yet. So I think that <coughs> what you just said speaks to that as well. It's it's a very cool thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess now I just wanted to ask you about taking advantage of opportunity and you were able to leverage a relationship you built from a licensing deal you did with the swim, swim, swimwear company, uh, Janssen and Nike into a full-time role at Nike. And as the story goes, you were able to leverage your and Michael's mutual desire for a black tongue on his shoe into the decades long relationship with him and running his brand. So how, how do you feel you were able to be so successful, um, striking while the iron's hot, as they say, and jumping onto these opportunities when they came to you? Well, I think, uh, you know, jumping onto opportunities is is key. I mean, um, I think you only get so many opportunities that come your way in life. I mean, I think, and I think you do, you can create your own opportunities and you can put yourself in a position where opportunities will come your way. But, um, I, I think that uh, the the key is taking advantage of the opportunities when they when they do come along. Um, I, I you know I'm I'm not like like a lot of people plan out their career and they say hey you know five years I want to be here five years from there I want to be here. I, I I never took that approach. To me, um, the approach I always took was that if I absolutely kill the job that I'm in what's next will materialize for me. And I, and I truly believe that and it's worked for me. I mean, I think if you're busy thinking about what's next, you're not really giving your total focus to what you're doing right now. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. So for me, it was always, I'm not even gonna think about what the next role is. I'm gonna immerse myself and focus on doing the best that I can in the job that I'm in. And I believe that if I do that, what's next will materialize for me. And it, and it, and it, and it has, I mean, I think 
Um, you know, if you're killing your job and you're doing what you're supposed to do, people will come looking for you. You won't have to look. They'll, they'll look for you because you'll stand out. Word gets around. People know that you're somebody who, um, you know, does a great job at what they do, who gives it their all, who puts in the work and the dedication. And everybody wants good people on their team. So if you're, you know, if you have that kind of reputation and that kind of attitude, I think you will you won't have to struggle to find what's next for your job i think that will come to you um but i do think that uh you know you have to be ready when the opportunities come along when i when i, uh, when I decided to go back to school and get my mba um it wasn't because i enjoyed school or mm -hmm. was wanted some wanted to torture myself and put myself through some some pain of school it was because I believed that at a certain point I would be um, like vying for a position and someone else is vying for the same position. And even though I might be more qualified than that person, if I didn't have the credentials, I wouldn't get the job because that's part of it. So to me, the way I looked at getting my MBA was not so much, hey, I, I you know, need this degree. It was more to overcome another hurdle that could be there to, that could keep me from moving into where I, I wanted to be. So I decided to go back to school evenings and weekends, which wasn't fun um, to get my MBA. And uh, that, that then put me in a position to be able to take advantage of opportunity. When I, before my last semester, um, I was working at Campbell Soup and my last semester of my MBA, I got a call from someone that I had worked with before and her question to me was, she said, hey, have you, did you get your MBA yet? I said, well, I'm in my last semester. She's like, great, I got a job for you. And I ended up um, moving into a role that was almost a double my salary, uh, put me into a bonus deal, all that. But if I hadn't been prepared for that opportunity, if I had told her, oh, no, you know, I, I, I stopped going or I decided not to do it, she couldn't have made the offer to me that she did. So um, I think it's about opportunities, but it's also about preparing yourself and being ready when those opportunities come along, having the preparation and the, you know, the skill set, the credentials, all the things that you need to take advantage of those opportunities when they come along. No, yeah, that's amazing advice. Being prepared is always a good thing. <laughs> um, a, a lot of our audience is college students looking to get into the sport industry. So what worked for you in college in terms of jumpstarting your career? So um, one of the things that I, I remember doing in college when I was in my last semester uh, last year, and as you know, the companies come on campus to interview students that are graduating. Right? So for me, and back then um, there was what was called the big eight accounting firms. And if you were an accounting student and you didn't get recruited by one of the big eight, you might as well go up to the roof of the building and jump off. I mean, that was the way they, that was the way they kind of positioned it. So, um, so again, uh, of course, you know, I was focused on, on, on the big eight. And, but one of the things I realized is that I had zero experience when it came to interviewing, right. And all these companies are coming on campus and I'm like, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know how to interview. So what I did was I set up about four or five, interviews early on with companies that I knew I didn't want to work for. Even if they offered me the job, I didn't want to work for these companies. But what it did was give me practice 
and interviewing skills and learning what questions they ask and what answers they respond to and how to look the people in the eye and all these things that you 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 know you should know in in an interview and so i went through those early on by the time the accounting firms and the people that i was interested in and came on campus i was ready because i had this practice now and so when i knew what the right questions were i knew what the right answers were and be like oh good question good answer because i knew you know i had i had practiced this and also there was a guy um, that I was a part of a, an accounting society uh, uh, society there at, at Temple. And there was a guy who came in from one of the accounting firms to talk to the group. And I cornered this guy when I had an opportunity and I drilled him about what do you look for when you're interviewing students? What kind of questions do you want to hear? What kind of answers do you want to hear? Um, you know, what do you need to know about? And so this guy just gave me all this information. So by the time the uh, accounting firms came on campus, I mean, I ended up getting offers out of like six out of the big eight accounting firms because I was I was ready to interview. So, I, again, I think it's about preparation and it's about, um, you know, getting that that experience under your belt so that you feel confident. Because at the end of the day, to me, I think anything you participate in or anything you do, whether it's sports or school or business, the more confident you are, the better you're gonna do. If you go in and you, you're confident and you feel like I got this, then you're gonna do much better than if you go in nervous and shaking. What builds confidence to me is experience, It's 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 knowing what you're it's knowing what you're doing it's feeling comfortable with what you're doing that's what what builds confidence so I took those interviews and um, knew I didn't want to work for those companies but it helped me it, it prepared me for when the companies that I was interested in came on campus I was I was ready yeah yeah I was gonna say there you go with the preparation and the practice leading up to taking advantage of those opportunities so that's that's amazing um, I guess just wanted to say as we wrap up, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome getting to talk to you today. And we always like to end with a piece of advice. So is there anything that you want to leave our, our audience today? I think um, the one thing that I would maybe share with audience, uh, with students is as you're moving into, um, in, into the corporate world and into the sports world or where, wherever you're, you're, you're uh, you're heading into. I think one of the keys that I, I feel like has worked for me and I look for in other people is just be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to say, well, hey, you know, I got to do this because this person is doing it. Be who you are. And I think that shines through a lot better than if you're, um, you know, trying to emulate someone or be something that you're not. And so just be yourself. Be confident in that um, you are who you are and you know what you bring to the table and you have a contribution that you can make to whatever organization or if you're doing your own business or whatever it is, you know the contribution that you're bringing to the table. And I think um, just feel feel confident about that and feel confident in being comfortable with being yourself because um, if you're comfortable and confident, then you're going to be successful. And I think that to me, uh, being trying to be something that you're not, you're never going to be comfortable and confident at that because you're never going to be what it is you're trying to be. But if you are comfortable with being yourself and just being who you are and doing what you need to do and, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, taking care of your business, but doing it in a way that lets you maintain and, and stay who you are as a person, I think 
that's the advice that I would give to, because, you know, people hear advice all the time about do this, do that, study, blah, blah, blah. To me, you know, you, you people have heard all of that stuff. What I would say is, you know, be yourself, be, be comfortable being who you are and, and let that shine through for you. And, um, and I, I think that if you're comfortable and confident with that, I'm, uh, you'll be successful. Incredible. That's awesome advice to end on. Thank you so much, Larry, for being on this episode of our podcast and um, hope all is well and continued success for you and the Jordan brand. Well, thank you very much. And um, I was, I'm glad to do it. Glad we had a chance to, to connect this one. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed. If you want to buy tickets or learn anything else about the conference, please visit www.umsbc.com. That is www.umsbc.com. Or you can follow at UMSBC on any social. We hope to see you there on November 5th. And as always, go blue.